know I got it. Streets. Homicide, shots fire inside a dangerous environment. Police, sirens, diamonds, modifications of my weapon. War wounds on my body. I'm a motherfucking legend. I'm a section. Question my faith. Niggas see me winning, they just wanna be in my place. Cameras all in my face. Police right at the place. Still can't slow down my pace. Place a hold on my freedom. It ain't exclusive if it ain't an Emlyn exclusive. It's your boy BQ. We in the beautiful downtown San Jose, Silicon Valley, 408, South Bay area. And uh, it's been two fucking years since we've done a podcast. It's been a cool minute. It's been a pandemic. It's been challenges. It's been growth. There's been so much shit that has transpired over the years. Um, today, I got a very special guest. Uh, this individual did a podcast with me about, I would say, four years ago. Uh, four years ago yeah 2016 2016 2015 2017 2017 um this individual um i caught attention to through his independent movement as an artist putting his own uh music videos curating pr uh, producing his own um his own music videos and curating with other people uh to manifest his vision um which i feel like in a time period where a lot of people weren't on the independent movement just yet because it wasn't popular to be independent. You know what I mean? It was more like you had to work your ass off to really uh, take your shit to the next level. So, um, the you know, straight from South Berkeley, uh, actor, rapper, entrepreneur, producer, director. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, I want to give a special introduction to the homie Karan Streets in it's the flesh. Popping, He's here today. It's been, it's been. First off, I want to say thank you for coming back to the tank. Nah, most definitely. It was it was already it it was already like hella uh it was hella funny just to invite you the first time because I was like I don't even know if he's gonna come down you know I was barely in here. Jalisco's. Jalisco's. Man, Shout the, out to, the uh, tacos. San Jose bro. Jalisco's tacos. Hey, bro, that place did is your boy right. Hey, that place. <laughs> hey, everybody you know? knows that that plot that place is clutch. After the club, you know what I'm saying? Like, after SJBG, 2 o'clock, all the cops telling everybody to go home. Everyone's going straight to the east side to get them tacos you had. So, I'm glad I was able to hey, expose yeah. you to a little bit of the culture. You and here put me on the San Jose culture, baby. You Hell me? yeah. <laughs> it's good. I fuck with it. I'm going to keep it 100. Like, i probably been to San Jose. So like, no, nah, because, like, when we was doing the, um, when we, when we were premiering the Licks movie, we premiered the Licks movie out in San Jose a couple times. Oh, word. I didn't and know I've that. I've probably been out in San Jose probably like 10 times. Where did you uh, premiere that in the... I couldn't even tell you. Do you know... Um, if it, some movie theater down downtown. Easy. I I, I want to say it was Cinequest because that's, that's right down the street. It's one of the big theaters. Yeah. That shit is one of the nice theaters out here. Well, the reason why um uh, I asked that is because like, you know, a lot of people that do know you, know you primarily for like music, some that do keep up with you. They know your mu their movies that you're featured in. Um, I already know, but for the people that are just tuning in that don't know you, like, I guess, you know, for the ones that only know you as an artist, give a little introduction to just kind of like what you do. Cause obviously I, I know it from a certain point of view, but you Quran streets himself, man. So that's like, it's such a hard question for me to answer. For um, sure. Cause I, I really honestly do so many things. For sure, I'm a true Renaissance man. Um, but I, I think what I'm uh, mainly known for is um, rapping and acting. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, uh, entrepreneur, um, all around hustle. And I just uh, when I walked up to you today, you uh, just laced me up my late twenties drip. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. I, I really like that album cover. I was telling you that off camera earlier, um, just because it really illustrates like. I feel like the things that you went through, like the milestones in your life and all the challenges you dealt with 
in being independent artists, I feel like people look past because they think it's like such a trendy thing now, but they don't realize like there's so much shit that goes in, so many sacrifices, so many things that you have to like um, basically put to the side because, you know, instead of being a regular citizen, you know, doing the regular things, getting a job, going to college, getting a career, you chose to pursue your passion. So I guess my question is like, why did you choose that route? I didn't really choose like what I did, honestly. Everything that um everything that like I'm celebrated for, like uh everything that I'm revered for, yeah, was like honestly directly given to me from my mom. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, everything that motherfuckers come to me and be like, Hey bro, you the nigga, you did this and that like mama made me rap, literally. All nine years old, she came in the room, Y'all wanna rap? I right, go with Rudy. <laughs> That's literally how that happened. Um my mother, um, Dr. Ayodele Warislanger Nzinga, she runs the only fully African American theater in Northern California called the Lower Bottom Place. Um, so where's that located? Um, downtown Oakland. Okay. Fifteen forty uh, Broadway. Um, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and that's and, and I'm assuming like it's, it's not smack dab downtown Oakland in the middle of Broadway, man. So you got all types of uh, you know, different community members that probably go through there and take advantage of the program. No, most def. Um. The facility is used for all sorts of things, but uh, getting back to the point, um, I always grew up on stage because my mother yeah. was always uh, an actress, and then she was a, a theater director. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, ever since I was seven years old, man, I, I've done probably over 150 on stage plays. I mean, everything from Shakespeare, McDonk, uh, McDuff, Hamlet. I, I mean, you name it, I've done everything. And that's and that's very unique, bro, because like, first off, it's different when you're like in a production film and you're acting, you got a script. But when you're on theater, you're like curating, you're doing rehearsals, you're working with different groups. I'm assuming that's kind of like the dynamic in that environment. Right. No, definitely. So like at nine years old, so your mom kind of already set that example for you. Mm -hmm. Essentially, she was already a hard worker. Sounds like she that's so she do. She vested in herself and what you guys believed in community wise. Like my, my mother's a renaissance woman. My mm -hmm. mother doesn't just do one thing. Like, yeah. You know, so. the reason I, I was transitioning into your mom and stuff was in the late 20s album. Uh, the song I really like was Moving Slow. My and I, song that song is hard as fuck. And, and, and I remember when, you know, we were talking off camera, like how it went off and stuff. That song was still on my iTunes for some reason. So I was still slapping that shit, even though all the music wasn't there. But what I really liked about it was like um, the dialogue she was saying, uh, saying like, if you have a bulldozer, a you know, like, a poet. and it was just so like. I feel like I really resonated with that. You know, it's just like you work your way up, but you got to work in bits and pieces very slowly. You know, not everything is going to come the way. I mean, that's kind of what I took away from it. You know, just that was my way of receiving that message. But I thought it was really impactful because when I first met you, you you already emphasized how, mu how much of an impact your mom was, you know? So hearing you like, hearing you incorporate her uh, into it, I thought that was powerful. Um, what, what, would you, what, what was her reaction to that record? Uh, she loved it. She she loved it. I never um like I said everything that I'm revered for like was given to me by my mom, and um as I grew and like progressed in the music, she was always there every step of the way. You know? Yeah. So she heard me get better. Like I remember how when I started rapping, I was trash. <laughs> yeah, we all gotta start somewhere, right? Shit, yeah, that shit was weak as hell. <laughs> um, so she always in a way has been a fan of the music even if she didn't really agree with what i was talking about yeah you know because like i said the music changed yep over time Evolve, um, growth. and she's always been an artist in her own right you know my, right now my mother is the poet laureate of oakland 
Mm. The poet of all poets. It's, it's a poet that represents this. I just learned that term, like just on Juneteenth. Yeah, yeah. Juneteenth, someone said. Her name is Wordslinger. That's a poet wow. named Wordslinger. Um, bad than a motherfucker. Like I said, she's the poet laureate of Oakland. Um, That's hard. And I always grew up like being a fan of my mom. Like, yeah. She's a, a bad motherfucker, yeah. bro. Not just saying this because it's my mama. Like I said, she's literally the Oakland's poet. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was always a fan of her work. Yeah. So um, I, w- I would always study the work. Uh, she would always recite poems to me and such. I grew up like listening to every poem my mom did. Mm. So it was just this poem in particular. Um, God, she don't she don't kill me. I don't know <laughs> what poet what book this is from because she published it. But um, when when I heard it, it just resonated with me too. When I was writing that record, um. It just seemed like the best way to complete it. Everything that I was talking about, it's kind of like she said it in her her form, her version of it. So I kind of feel like they really, really meshed together really well. And uh, that shit is just like sacred to me, man. It's kind of really hard for me to listen to that song. Kind of, that shit made me cry. It's bro. emotional, bro. I feel the emotion. Like I, I have, I've never met your mom. I've only spoken to you on a few occasions, but we got a solid relationship. But every time I hear that record, I really like, I really feel that shit. That's why when I was working nah, out nah, in certain cool. modes, I'm like, I, I, I slapped that song, you know? Well, you know, it took, when I made that song, I'd say I was, I remember writing that record too. I was uh, standing in the kitchen in an apartment. I was getting ready to get, like, not like be in no more. I was in a failed relationship. Um, Baby girl, I got about that motherfucker and left me to pay the rent. Damn. Kind of like on some spooky shit, like on some ghost shit. She kind of just disappeared. Um, it ain't and, cheap out here in the Bay. Sorry to cut you off. Nah, and then uh, even in dealing with that, because um, I was working on the second album then. Yeah. Um, By that time, shit, shit, it was on Rolling Stone. You know, my first album I made, Rolling Stone, um, 28 Best Rap Album of the Year. Um, My first movie, Licks, that was out at the time. It yeah. Was a lot of li- momentum. Li- literally going a lot of momentum. crazy. It was just a lot of momentum. And I just felt like, Still, in the moment, I was super stagnant. Like, I was super, super, super stagnant. Um, And then even, like, my momentum and spirit going forward, like, just that record, it was just, like, everything was just moving slow for me at that time. Like, I, I seen the silver lining and shit, like, with, like, staying down and, like, working hard, like, what did it come to? But in that moment, it's just, like, everything I was going through, I put in that record. That's yeah. powerful. And there's a couple songs on. There's another track on there I like. Is an OG. Yeah. I fuck with that one because I yeah. feel like that's so true. Like, you got people that are older. You know, there's a lot of adults out here that act like kids, unfortunately. But there's a there's also some youngsters or people that are young adults that they they grow fast. You know, they go through shit and that kind of like conditions them to to be wiser. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I took away from that record too. Is that he said I, I've been uh I forgot the exact words. He's like, I've been, I've been now fifteen. Oh gee, yeah, that's that part right there. So that's why I felt like, you know, when when I looked at the shirt and I kind of see the illustrations of like you know different themes of like something that happened. So it was three years ago. Oh, I don't know if it was no, it was like two like years. 20, twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, twenty six, twenty seven. So would you say that you know would you feel like you're a little more older wiser than the normal late 20s individual cuz i feel like everyone's life is different right everyone has a different pace at life but no, would you I, say i've been wise since i was a little ass boy bro yeah i've been i've been sharp all my life bro like even in like through all like my transgressions like me fucking up and shit i always knew right from wrong 
Yeah. Like, I always had structure. I always had a mother who cared, who was on my ass, <laughs> who, who made sure, like, yeah. and, and I was uh, punished, not only by the law, but I always, always had to deal with my mama. Yeah. Like, my mother is a, a public figure, mm. um, and she cared. She cared a lot. So, it was never a thing of me not being raised the right way. Like, yeah. I always knew right from motherfucking wrong. Yeah. Um, And I was just very, like, well-educated. I ain't gonna lie. Like, yeah. My mother has every college degree there is to get, including her PhD. Mm. So she always like put that in me, emphasized um, just me being able to verbalize myself, communicate, um, and acting like I got some fucking sense. So everything I did that was ill, like I knew I was fucking up. <laughs> like I knew I was <laughs> yeah. fucking up. So um, going back to that, like I always been wise, always been sharp. I don't really think your age defines like uh, you being revered in a certain way looked at uh as a nigga like having a certain respect there's some niggas out here 16 years old man take care of the whole house yeah wake that's up real. every day get little sister up take her to school you know some some gr young men out here who ain't got no mama yeah who ain't I agree. you know got no daddy and yeah. they they move in such a way and um handle responsibility in such a way at a young age to where you see Motherfuckers in their late twenties, you know, yeah. um, incredibly immature. Yeah, no, it's wild, man. Our society is in weird so um, environment for sure. I think about it's all about your upbringing and um, kind of when you choose to wake up. You know, I woke up at a young age, like I said, I, I always knew what's up. You know, I was just hard at it. So, like, through all the you know the obstacles you you dealt with through your path, and even before you jumped into your career and decided to make this your career. Would you say like um like where are you at now like mentally like because I feel like through your music I was able to get in a sense of like where you were at mentally at that time but mm -hmm. you know I haven't listened that was late twenties so now we're you know coming in to keep uh keep hustling right yeah, that's right keep, keep, hustling. Hustling. keep hustling so what's man, the mindset coming into this like what what's it looking like um well late twenties um I don't know if anybody's like a fan of the music or like can go back but um it was kind of literally uh four images uh image of me when i was very young uh when i was uh, a little boy just you know bright eyed you know playing with a basketball and shit after that it transcended into another image of me when i was in the hospital i was 12 years old i got burned over 27 percent of my body um beyond fourth degree lost all these fingers on this hand lost these two it's a star uh shooting guard on the team um that happened like going literally into puberty, you know, when I was 13. Mm. After that, there's another image of me 17, 18, and I was fully into a life of crime. And yeah. like where that took me, uh, just being lost, lost for a long time, man. Um, and then there was another image of the current moment then, three yeah. years ago, when um, I was older um, and I had found success and I was trying to stay on that path. Yeah. Um, so all the all the music inside of that album were literally all the emotions I felt in my late 20s. Yeah. You know, from being a little boy all the way up until the point in my late 20s. You know, mm. um, everything I went through personally, going through jail, like I said, finding success, everything in that album was just kind of a mixture of all of those emotions. Yeah. So, um, and then honestly, I was fucked up writing that album. Like, it, I didn't really have a lot, bro. Like, to keep it real, bro. Like, I was sleeping on mama floor. And that's, this is all in the album. So, yeah. and then if you know me as an artist, this is not nothing that's like not been publicized. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. So, um, it was like, I was talking to my, my boy the other day, my, my nigga Snoop. And, uh, it was like, I remember it was a time to where, like, I couldn't rap about shit. Yeah. Like, I couldn't say, bro, I had, a, I had a Bentley. I had a Phantom. Like, yeah, you couldn't. Oh, this, I yeah. Chain couldn't push shit out there. What was show. true to me yeah. was, I'm sleeping on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have any money to go to the studio right now. That mm-hmm. makes me feel really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, I have success that is kind of like in my sight line, but I don't have the finance to push me closer to the to the fucking success. That yeah. used to frustrate the shit out of me. Yeah. So that is what's true to me. Yeah. So that's what I would rap about. Like, yeah, yeah. That was like like the like the frustrations of trying to yeah, get. Yeah, like when I used to make music, bro. It used to always just. I used to just always go to the real side, like, bro. I'm going through shit. Yeah. So this is my release. Nigga, broke right now. <laughs> nigga sleeping on the floor. <laughs> that, that's what I, I didn't know how to go to the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. couldn't get on this motherfucker and say, riding around in the drop top. I mean, I could. Yeah, but it wouldn't feel good to my soul. Niggas who know me would be yeah. like, nigga, where the drop top at? Um, <laughs> so it's like you know, I was always just taught to like speak my truth. You know, speak my exact truth, whether it made me look bad or not. Like, nigga, that's what's going on. Um. Now, at this point, man, life is a lot brighter for me, man. Life is, bro, like a 360 from what it was when I was working on the album. So, yeah. Um, That's beautiful. All my shit sound like how I look right now. You know? Gorgeous. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Beautiful. I was waiting for you to say some shit. You know? I look beautiful. You know? <laughs> Exuberant. You know? Check this melanin. <laughs> you know? The best melanation she ain't never seen on a man. But that's why I like to hear what, what what I what I took away right now. What you said is um like the emotions you felt, like the frustration of like wanting to get the goal. Like you feel like you're within reach. You just like you're just so close. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the emotion, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. So, what do you feel like? That's what you needed. Do you feel like that is like? Do you feel like that w- was the difference to get to like where you at? Like how you say how you feel now? Nah, man. Um, or do you feel like you, you could have been different? Or nah, I mean. Always oh, been a hustler, bro. Uh, all my downfalls came to when I was trying to do something different. Like me, man, I grew up robbing niggas. I grew up robbing niggas trying to sell some dope and shit, you know. Um, but like I said, I was always raised with vision. I was always raised with foresight. I was always raised with um a lot of structure. Yeah. So I always knew that I couldn't do that shit forever. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, for sure. And then I always went to jail, like mm. for doing this shit, you know. Yeah. Police ran in my mama like house for me selling dope all type of shit. I'm going to jail for having guns and shit. Like I ain't lying, I ask my mama. So when I was 19 and shit, I got it in my mind that I can't do that. Yeah. Like I can't do that. Mm. And um I was always good like with the rap shit. I was always good with like the acting. That was always the things that I did my whole entire life. Yeah. I'm out here robbing niggas and shit. I would literally be in a production. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday doing Shakespeare and be trying to rob a nigga on Thursday. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah, it's bro. just because it's like everything is all in that God, same timeline. God. I feel I you. Because it was a pivot. It seems like there was like a pivot, right? Like when you hit 19, 20, you, you mentally were aware that right is right, wrong is wrong, and you knew you wanted to pursue a dream, but your reality was like, this is how I make my money. This yeah. is how I navigate life and at the moment. Then it got to the point where I'm going to jail for like more serious shit. Like police running at my mama's house now. Yeah. Shit behind yeah, it's no more shit. slapping the wrist type so, shit. No, it's like no, for real. No, this shit getting real serious. Yeah. Um, then I caught a case. Um, that um, 
it was like real serious. I was out in New York and like my mom was like, this is it. It's it. Every time I ever, you know, had a transgression like that, she always supported me, always showed up for me. But it's just that time she was like, fuck it, I can't do it no more. And uh, I didn't say this before in interviews, you know, how you hear somebody, but you don't really hear them. Like I was listening that time and uh, I kind of straightened it up, but that's kind of always I, how I knew how to get money. Yeah. Like that's how I always knew how to support myself. So when I wasn't trying to do that no more, I never like try to like work for nobody. Yeah, like, nah. that was never my thing. I was always like geared and structured to like work for myself. Um, whether it be the wrong thing, whether yeah, you know, I was always just taught to support myself independently financially. I always been a hustler, bro. Mm. I always been a hustler, bro. Even when uh, even when I ain't have a lot, you know, I always knew how to go and get some money. So, I I and then even like with the business and shit, I never really like depended on nobody. I was always kind of like really in house with everything that yeah. I did. Um, and I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. when it come to me, bro, I do 90% of everything. Yeah. No, producing, directing, I, I, writing. I, I literally, if you look at me and you'd be like, oh man, it's moving. And how you do that? He must have hella people behind him. And nah, bro. <laughs> it's like that. I mean, especially as independent it's business owner, you gotta, you gotta wiggle and, and wear multiple hats. No, and no, it's and, just me and Jamie Corrales, man. Um, I ain't got no team. I ain't got a hype man. Mm. No. Bro. You the hype man. More than I'm, that. I'm the man. <laughs> He's just, I'm the man. I'm the man, bro. So um I, I would say I was able to stay afloat because um I, my my way to like provide for myself is kinda like really non conventional. Mm. So um and then like I said, even with the music, you know, I I kinda just kept hustling through the yeah. shit. But then I was even thinking about when you just said, What a time, bro. Like, inside of that pandemic, this thing about pre-pandemic. Yeah, hella different. And then think about inside of the pandemic. Bro, what a time, bro. That's what I'm saying. It's like... Everybody had money. <laughs> Dude, hey, no, nah, real no, shit. Bro. Real shit. Everybody nah. had money. That is bro. real shit, bro. Every Like, when you went outside, it was like the energy was light. Everybody's spirit was more lighter. Everybody was happy for a little bit. Everybody could breathe. I mean, you seen... People who kind of always struggle financially and shit, man. You seen people really having shit. People bought new cars. I mean, even the bitches bought chains. Yeah, even, them BBLs and the shit. Every <laughs> bitch bought it. Got a BBL. <laughs> I mean, bro. So it's like, even in such like turmoil. Yeah. Like what a time, you know. So I, bro, I applaud everybody who made it through that. But not only made it through that inside of that like found a hustle like yeah found create. a hustle bro or took that little money that they was giving niggas bro and ain't fell off yet but on the flip side of that like i said what a time what a time now yeah it's where all the money gone yeah it's crazy bro all the money gone everybody just the climate is hella the different motherfucking money niggas didn't even go out and get new teeth <laughs> <laughs> they was out there uh, buying fucking seafood they was out there buying fucking like, all types of shit. All the money is gone. Like, you've seen people who've never really had a dime like that or really never had the best of things had a six-month six month run of having the best of fucking everything. Yeah. And you, they don't have anything now. Yeah. It's, they don't have shit it's, now. It's, it's and, crazy. And, and it's, it's hot more. It's even more hot. The position now is worse than what they were pre-pandemic. Yeah, it is. 
People are, now you didn't bought a whole lot of shit you can't keep up with. Yep. <laughs> or you have you've you've gone out here and you've put yourself in the light of I'm the nigga with the money. Yeah. I'm the nigga with I'm doing this. You know, we been having it. So now you feel like you can't show your face now that you ain't got the fucking money. Mm. So now it's you I see a lot of people leaning towards desperation. Yeah, no, it's real, bro. Like desperation is at an all-time high right now in the Bay Area. Niggas trying to keep up. Yeah. And not just the Bay Area. I feel like that that's everywhere. Yeah, um, cross. But just that's just that. What a time, bro. Yeah. No, we living in history, bro. <laughs> we really living in history because, you know, the last pandemic was, you know, 1913 or some crazy-ass date like that. And no one alive has experienced that shit. Yeah. So we've never been trained or taught or educated on how to prepare for this shit. Mm-hmm. So to your point... I do applaud anyone that's been able to navigate this shit. No, because we've a lot of us haven't been trained or taught about financial literacy. That's what I was going to say next. Yeah, because the financial literacy is terrible in just, you know, minorities and people in low income. Like, we've never really been taught because we go to public school education, like where I went to school at, very poor. I don't remember shit, like mm-hmm. anything. My best education was when I went to JC, and I actually cared about the shit I was learning. Mm-hmm. So to that point, like, I didn't learn about credit. I didn't learn about business credit. I didn't learn about LLCs, nothing until, like, four or five years after college, mm. you know, and that's unfortunate. It shouldn't be like that. Like you got, you know, white families that go into private schools. They set their kids up for life. They got their co-sign on a credit card. They build up their credit. They already got, you know, money saved up. As soon as they're out, they got ready to, they got capital to start doing stuff. So to the point, you know, it is weird. People, poverty does uh, cause symptoms of like crime. People start robbing people. People yeah, start, and, and you know what I'm saying? It's unfortunate. Like, for some people, like ignorance is like hereditary. Yeah. You know, like financial uh, illiteracy is like hereditary. Like it was never taught. It was. It wasn't taught to grandmama. It wasn't yeah. taught to grandpa. We was just living, buying shit. Like, so you know, some of that shit like be hereditary. We were, yeah. You know, so it, it is up for us to be conscious of trying to break generational cycles. I agree. You know? No, I agree with that a hundred percent. We were. We've been conditioned to be consumers. Yeah, like, but and I don't want to get out here and like preach like I'm holier than now. Like I said, bro, I'm a nigga who was 26 years old sleeping on my mama floor, fucked up. Yeah. You know, no excuse to be like broke. Yeah. And not have it going on. But um so I understand anybody like being in transition. I understand everybody being in like yeah. a hard time or a hard period. I'm just saying now in this day and age, we don't have no excuse. Yeah. Like we literally don't have no excuse, you know. So um Yeah, we got everything. Social media, shit. tools. I just I salute to everybody who made it through and um I stand love to everybody who's still trying to make it through shit hard yeah. right now. Bro. Yeah, no real shit. Hard shit. Than the yeah, no, that's love to everyone out there that's you know, going through these challenges. No one has we like there's people a lot that's not alive that haven't experienced this shit. Like no, for real. like so we can't put, beat ourselves up, but we also gotta be mindful that we in America where there's a lot of conflicts, a lot of controversy, but you also have the ability to make money if you really try. Mm-hmm. You you could you might have to put your pride aside and maybe start doing some dishwashing or some shit. If you're trying to get some type of legal capital, you gotta do well, what you gotta that, do. If I'm broke, I ain't turning down a dollar. <laughs> oh, Period. That's a real ignorant motherfucking thing. I'm motherfucker broke, but he don't want to go and do something to get some money. That's yeah, that's the shit that gets me Period. conflicted you so broke, much, bro. You turning down money. That's the shit I'm I don't get. Too much pride. It's very true. We live in that generation. You know so uh, before we conclude it, I want to give an opportunity to talk about the project coming up. Uh, I'm assuming late summer, maybe borderline fall. What yeah, we... late summer. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. That's the brand. You know, that's the uh, name of my new project EP. Um, what should we expect? Are we expecting, uh, you know, certain hustle music? Hustle music. Um, I right, look, guys. 
Okay, look. <laughs> is the camera on? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, now look. Um, now, if you want some shit about, you know, the, the ops and the, the 30 and the fully and the <laughs> and hopped out and killed four or five niggas on a horse. Like Zorro, I saved the day. I put the bitch on he the back Zorro. of the horse. Then I went and I got on the yacht. And, you know, all of this. So, you know, I always tell niggas nowadays, bro, niggas be rapping from the like position of like a serial killer. Yeah. Like yeah. these niggas rap like serial killers, bro. <laughs> Slid down, uh, uh, shot the nigga. Uh, then 30, and we been in blocks, same thing. Niggas, the, fuck the ops. And it... Hey, bro, there's some shit about some money, cuz. Yeah, there's some shit about some money. You know, I, I I know that's not common. I know that's not what niggas rap about and what's cool to niggas. But no, nah, this is some shit about some money and some pretty women. Um <laughs> and uh some extravagance, you know, some illustrious shit. Not like I said, I know that's not common in what you niggas like and rap about, but yeah, that's that's what this is, cause keep hustling. <laughs> that's what uh, you niggas uh, is weird. Uh, that's true, bro. A lot of people rapping about shit, and you know, so there's a lot of rappers that don't rap about things related to their actual life too. So I, I, I just I second that. Um, also coming up, you know, shit about some hustling, man. Some shit about some money. Some shit to get you in the mood to get some money, man. My my guy Karan always hustling. You know, I know you got the music career, and we also got the acting career. Mm-hmm. Independent film, uh, Baby Daddy. Yeah, um, my new film, Baby Daddy. Um, who you working with? Like who? myself. It's just uh, you? myself, but um, my brother Luis Montoya. Okay. Um, who has, if you've ever seen a video of mine, he's probably shot 90% of all of my videos. Um, it's my brother. He is literally somebody I couldn't really do like visual production without, mm. you know, um, bro been with me for the last six years, you know? So, wow. um, he's a large part of my success, you know, cause how people see me, it's literally his doing. So, mm. um, going forward, you know, we always kind of like make many movies when it comes to like the music videos, but dope. Like I said, going forward, directing, producing, starring in my own uh, film, which will be called Baby Daddy. Um, yeah, me and Louise Montoya. I put it together uh, late 2023 for Oh, okay. And um, I remember, uh, I don't. it was that the same, I saw you post some stuff on Instagram when you were in LA mm-hmm. that was related to a film. Is that the same film or was that a different no, one? No, shout out to Jamal Shakur. Um, that is a excellent young brother with a incredible talent. Um, he um, curated and directed a film called The Land of No Pity, which um, mm. is his oh, yeah, that's story the one I saw. Yep. based on the best-selling novel. Um, also, I've done uh, other work with him, but that is a young director who um, y'all should really, really pay a lot of attention to, named Jamal Shakira, man. Yeah, bad motherfucker. But uh, that was The Land of No Pity. That was his work. And the last thing that I wanted to ask you, because, you know, I w- like I said, the late 20s, project was one of my favorite projects it was up on itunes and uh, social media i mean uh you know digital platforms for a few i don't want to say maybe a couple months and then it it wasn't available um wanted to ask you you know kind of like what was the context of what happened you mentioned to me that you know you were working with a record label now so kind of like what's the what's the context of like what happened with that it was like when that shit happened um it was dope it was big as hell but once again like just going back to like pre-pandemic um I had um start working with no ID. Mm. Um, you know, shout out to no ID, man, my man's. Um, so in the structure, you know, um getting into new positions, working with new people and such, um, you know, certain things happen and such. But yeah. Know, the uh, album back up now. It's back up for sure. For the ones that haven't heard it yet, late twenties, 
up on iTunes, Spotify, oh. any platforms for getting. To, uh, uh, shit, anywhere you can see and buy music. Um, shit, shout out to all my niggas in the pen. If it ain't up there, I'm gonna try to get it up there for y'all too. That's love, man. And we uh, like I said, I'm a big fan, Quran. You know, when we first, no, I'm a big fan of you, when man, we first fan. met, I, you didn't even, you didn't know nothing about me. You gave me an opportunity. You came all the way South San Jose. I went, to, I went, to, I went to Bur uh, Oakland to go pick you up. Mm. It was fucking pouring rain. I was with my boy Sefa, who was just here earlier. We we swooped you. Uh, it was our first time meeting. We did the interview together. We got a good, you know, what I'm saying good interaction. Got a chance to be real with one another. And uh, I, I from that day on, I, I had a lot. I built a lot of respect for you. That's why I wanted to continue to support you and uh, went to the listening party in Oakland. And after that, just been following you on social media. So when we got reconnected, I was like, I don't, I want Karan back on. You feel me? Because no, I'm I'm the type of person where I don't want to interview just anyone who's just hitting me up. You got hella followers. Like I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I care about people that really genuinely are 100% invested in what they do. And I clearly see that within you, and uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I want to say shout-out to Brian Knockin for helping us out with the video production today. Um, hopefully this will be out soon so people can tune in, a little more, uh, learn a little bit more about your story. And we got more stuff coming with Quran, so this is the only time he's going to be in the tank today. He's going to be doing some more stuff. Um, any message you want to give to the audience, the fans, people tuning in that are listening? Um, you can go and follow me at Quran Streets. Um, Crying Streets 28 on Twitter, Crying Streets, anything else. Um, keep hustling. You know, that's the brand. You know, I got it. That's the slogan. RP JB the legend. Y'all be on the lookout for my new project, Keep Hustling. Later this summer, uh, my independent film, Baby Daddy, late 2023. Stuff. And that's it, folks. Uh, once again, if you haven't tuned in, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, Emlyn Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram, EMLN Exclusive. Um, stay tuned for more podcasts highlighting more folks, innovators, game changers. The list goes on. It ain't exclusive. It ain't an M1 exclusive. Shiboy BQ, homie Karan. No, I got it. And we out. Peace.